Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. This is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment and your host for Media Maven's podcast. Here with my co-host, what's up, Joey Pirates? Oh, look at right now at a very tan Sarah Miller. Right. I'm so excited you attempted to do our podcast and I was down the islands, our travel <laughs> series last week. Here we are. You two are in a third world country and whose internet goes out because of a storm? <laughs> Moi. Thank you. Tucson, Arizona. Thank you. Okay, it was the funniest thing. Our podcast is going to be hilarious. But I'm super excited. Speaking of AZ people, um, some of our favorite people, we got Scott Flansberg on. He was from Phoenix. But Scott, I want to welcome you to the show. You are known around the world as a Guinness World Record as a human calculator. And because of your mathematical genius, you are the founder of the counting bee, which is the equivalent of the spelling bee. Obviously, it's math related. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been in the Guinness Book of World Records as the fastest human calculator since the year 2000 and uh, have set records around the world performing that. And that 15 second contest where I actually race the fastest accountant in the world using a 10 key calculator against me for those 15 seconds and beating her that's what got me in the book. And so the counting bee is based off of that 15 second counting contest. So okay, let's, yeah. let's, let's roll back to the world record here. Okay. Explain this to me. Okay. Cause I read this correctly. You have to randomly select two digit number to itself. Okay. Explain to me how yeah. you got there. And are you, are you a mathematical person your whole life and you just absorbed all these numbers or how did you get to this point first? I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Ever since I was a kid, I started learning about numbers. I just kept seeing patterns. I just couldn't not see them. And it just made so much sense. I, I became fluent in the language of numbers very quickly and able to detect patterns and figure out answers to arithmetic questions very quickly. Even by eight, nine years old, I was doing stuff even adults couldn't do. And uh, I was very lucky. One of my buddies, his name is Eric Schatz. He's a TV producer in LA and he was doing Guinness World Records primetime for Fox at the time. And he goes, hey man, I've known you for years. We play golf. You do that thing. Can you can we do something to figure out how to get you into the Guinness Book of Records? And that's what he came up with was for a Guinness judge to pick a random two-digit number and for me to have to count by it for 15 seconds. So for example, if I asked you to count by 12, you would have to say 12 plus 12 is 24, plus 12 more is 36, 12 more is 40. Oh, no. I have my, I have my calculator out. We're going to have some fun with this podcast for a minute. She's cheating. No, 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 no. I'm not the world record of mathematics here. I got a lot I could cover, but that's not it. We're going to test this theory out. But, but let me ask you a question. Math, I mean, you know, there's... When you're a little kid, addition, add, subtract, you get the divisions, multiplies. But as you get older, you get into calculus and statistics. I mean, how far does your breadth of mathematics go? Well, I took up to calculus in high school. And then I went in the Air Force for six years as a, uh, ended up in computer programming and got out of that after six years and uh, started the human calculator. And I've been performing as a human calculator for over 30 years. Wow. Wow. Okay. Hold on. Let's do this. Let's do this. This is going to have some fun. Okay. So wait, 
I can't give you a number or do Joe and I decide on the number and then we race? Or how does well, this work? Yeah, to make it totally legit, Sarah, let's just keep it between you and I so there's no way I could cheat at this, okay? So hunt in your calculator, punch in 12 plus 12. So one, well, two I, plus one. I understand. I'm just going to give you okay. a simple example. Got it. And you hit equals and your calculator should say 24, right? Yep, 24. Now, now do me a favor and hit equals again. And what does it say? 36. So it added 12 more. Hit equals again. And if you just keep hitting... 48, equal, 60, 72, 84, 96, I'm on my way. Okay, yeah. That's called the constant. So I can do that with any number. So clear your calculator. And now pick a two-digit number, a big tough one. No fives or zeros, like 87, 63, something Okay, like so it can't be one digit or three digits. It has to be two, right? Well, to get started, yeah. So a two-digit number, don't say it out loud. Just punch it into your calculator so nobody knows it except for you right now. Okay. So say it out loud. Just punch it into your calculator and let me know when you got it in there. Okay, got it. Now hit the plus sign. Okay. And then hit the same two-digit number in again and then hit equals. Okay. And now I'm going to start counting by the number you picked and you just keep, hit equals and keep up with me as I go. Okay. So I'm ready when you are. Just tell me the two digit number you started with the first two digit number you put in. And every time you hit a number, I keep hitting equal, right? Every time I say the next answer, hit equals. Okay. 73. So you have 146, 219, 292, 365, 438, 511, 584, 657, 730. 803-876-9491022101138714138714603167146015331607529175218251898 Oh my god. Oh my god. Done. <laughs> okay, well, okay, can you do three digits? Yeah, sure. How far I, can you go? What's the max? I've done three digits in competition, so I'll do that one. Have you done four or five or just loads? No, nobody's beaten my world record with a two-digit number yet. Okay, so. Joe, do you want to go for threes or do you want me to do threes? You do threes. You please do threes. I want to see your face. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so any three-digit number, but no zeros and no fives, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll make it easy. Three digits. And then punch in the three digits, hit plus, and then the same three-digit number again, and then hit equals. Oh, wait, that, that was too easy. I could have got that one. Let me find a tough one. There's really no tough ones. Okay. I know this looks like eight, fours, twos. Okay. No, 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 no. I got this. Okay. Got it. Okay. So punch in that. You punched in a three digit yep. number. Okay. Seven, nine, seven, nine, three. Do you have one, five, eight, six, two, three, seven, nine, right? Three, one, six, yep. two, one, four, five, four, seven, two, eight, like that. Five, three, one, one, yeah. five, six, nine, four, six, eight, seven, 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 eight, three, oh. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Yes. So I can just go as and fast you, 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 as you just, you just start hitting the patterns in your head. I don't even know how your mind works. I, I, that, I sucked at math through high school and college. Well, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not warmed up yet, but I can, you know, I can do three digit just as fast as two digit when I get warmed up there. I made a mistake in the middle of that last one. And so I had to go backwards a little bit there. So when I'm warmed up, I can do my world record for two digit number. In 15 seconds, I got 36 answers, which is two and a half answers per second, which means I'm averaging about seven digits per second as I'm saying it out loud. So, so you you got all A, straight A math student your well, whole life. No, I really wasn't that intrigued with a lot of the math that I was taught. I was really just into numbers and arithmetic and patterns. That's amazing. And that's how you decided to create the counting B, right? Because we all know the spelling B. Right. Well, the reason I do, I'm doing the human calculator tour around the world is, is I'm promoting numeracy where I do a show that I've raced the calculator and beat it. And the students, you know, sort of freaks them out. And, you know, they, I get their attention for a few minutes. 
And I share with them what I believe is the secret to numbers and show them how to see numbers the way that I do as the human calculator. And I believe it's chapter zero. It's the missing chapter in arithmetic. And if everybody would learn this simple exercise first, it would revolutionize the way we see numbers and arithmetic and make the rest of it easier. So I'm on a mission as the human calculator to get that message out. Can you talk a little bit about what, I mean, what that message is? I mean, I know you have the classes, I know you're touring, but can you give everybody a little bit of what that, like how the first easy, three easy steps to get your brain functioning in that way? Yeah. Take a look at your calculator that you were using to race me, Sarah. Okay. It it is a cell phone calculator in my defense. Take a look at the numbers on there and how many numbers are on a calculator? Well, 10, if you include the zero. And when you turn on a calculator, what does it always start at? Well, zero at the bottom. So zero counts. Zero is a very important number. When you turn on a calculator, it doesn't start at one or 10 or anything else. It starts at zero. Do most people, do most people not include the zero as a number? The world's just not wired to count zero. That goes back to the Roman numerals. They skipped zero. They went from negative one to positive one on the calendar. And there's no zero month, zero days, zero years. So we just sort of blow off zero. But I always ask people, how many times have you won the Mega Millions jackpot? And the answer is usually zero. We don't. We all don't start at one. So, which is interesting because bank accounts, checking accounts, credit, everything in life includes zeros in the numeric order somehow. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, Sarah. Take a look at this. I'm just going to show you. Here's how we're wired to think about numbers. The human body is designed to have 10 fingers. And we've all learned to count them like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So we have 10 fingers on the human body. And there's 10 digits on a calculator. But there's no 10. It's zero through nine. So watch this. There's 10 fingers, 10 digits. It goes like this. Zero, one, two, three, four five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's really zero through nine, but we're all wired to think about numbers one through 10. So Sarah, since you don't feel comfortable with numbers from what I can tell so far, I would appreciate if you'd let me share with you the secret to numbers because yes. instead of just talking about it, let's just do it. Is that okay? It only takes- I, I, no, no, I love numbers when it means I'm signing the back of checks. <laughs> Not just that. And Joe isn't and, and, and being a sports person. Okay, so Joe, you need numbers because you're always announcing calculating sports scores. Right, but there's other reasons why I need it. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm the kind of person that can figure out a batting average pretty easily without having to go to a calculator. And it came off from my days playing and coaching baseball. So, Just- Joe, that's what's so funny about this is let me share it with you. So Sarah doesn't have to be in the front here. and. Uh- you should be able to get this. And Sarah, just no pressure. Just see how it goes. All right. Oh, no, I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's go. Game on. So the secret to numbers is this. On a calculator, there's no 10. It's really zero through nine. So nine is the highest single digit number. You know, it's, it's, it's a digit, nine. 10 requires two digits, a one and a zero. So nine is the biggest digit. The secret to numbers is every number higher than nine has a pattern in it that makes it add down to nine. So watch this. The next number is 10. If I had you write it down or punch it into a calculator, you'd put one, zero. Add up all those digits. One plus zero adds up to one. Well, subtract that total from the number we started at. So what's 10? Take away one. Nine. Nine. Every number in the universe goes back to nine. Let's try it with the number 11. One, one. One plus one is two. two. 11 take away two is nine. Try 12. One, two. One plus two is three. Twelve take away three is, is nine. always nine. 
So now, Joe, pick a random two-digit number, and I'll show you how it'll go back to nine, no matter what you pick. Okay, uh, let's go 54. Five and four adds up to nine. So right. 54 take away nine is 45. That answer, four, five, Goes adds up to nine. nine. So if you're watching a baseball game and you see a player with the number 22 run across the field, in your head, you can do a little math. 22. Two plus two is four. 22 minus four is 18. Eight plus one is nine. There right. you go. Yeah. Uh, next time you're driving down the road and you see a speed limit sign and it says 55. <laughs> Yeah. Add it up. Five and five is 10. 10. 55 minus 10 is 45. And that answer, four or five, adds up to nine. This works for Can we use that if you get pulled over for speeding? I'm kidding. You might be able to just (laughs) Um, distract the policeman with this. Amaze the highway patrolman. There you go. So, Joe, you're all about baseball. And, you know, I'm, I have a mission where I want to make sure every student on the planet Earth learns this number pattern about the number nine before they're nine years old. So when they're nine years old, every number they see every day, that whole year, everything goes back to their age, the number nine. It will just make them feel like it's a second language to them. It'll be no big deal because now every number they see, they'll be doing this little exercise to make it go back to nine. So now when they see a big number like 82, eight plus two is 10, 82 minus 10 is 72, seven and two is nine. Everything is fine. So the entire universe takes us back to nine. Every number from 10 to infinity will go back to nine. And so my mission is to make sure every nine-year-old on the planet learns this. And the counting bee is a promotional event to promote numeracy in the fastest human calculators in every age group and every state around the country and the world. But I'm hoping to reach all the students with this simple message and pattern that everything goes back to the number nine. And now I feel like if students would learn this exercise, instead of memorizing their basic math facts, it would be much more powerful. There would be a much stronger foundation. And now our teachers could teach these students arithmetic. Right now, they're just memorizing some math facts. There's no foundation. It all crumbles by the time they get to algebra. So that's why I call it chapter zero, just like a calculator works because it starts at zero. We will start getting our kids to think like calculators when they can learn how to count zero. Wait, and did you, how did you figure out that the whole universe goes back to nine? But did you always know that? Was it just as you grew up and got older, you started realizing it? Sarah, thanks for asking the perfect question. No, I did not know that. I was freaking out about Y2K in 1999, that we were all going to die from the calendar. And so I was all stressed out about the calendar. And so I invented a new calendar that is mathematically perfect so that every month has the same number of days and is always on the same days of the week. The first is always a Monday. The fifth is always a Friday. Every month is 28 days. Anyway, I introduced it in 1999 to save us from Y2K. And nobody cared. And we made it. That's <laughs> fine. But the day that it came out in the newspaper, it was supposed to come out in Phoenix in the newspaper there on 9999 because I was a computer programmer in the Air Force. And I thought Y2K would start on 9999. And the newspaper decided not to print the story. They were going to hold it one more week. And I didn't realize the significance of the date of 9999 and everything. So I was all bumped out. And I was at the golf course that morning. I was playing 18 holes with Alice Cooper, who's a rock and roller in Phoenix. And we remember the same club. And we were on the 18th green that morning at 9999. And on the 18th green, Alice says to me, hey, 18, one plus eight is nine. I wrote a song called 18. How come 18 adds up to nine? And I said, Alice, that's easy. Any number times nine 
that answer adds up to nine. Like three times nine is 27. Two and seven is nine. Four times nine is 36. Three and six is nine. Nine times nine is 81. Eight and one is nine. He goes, okay, I don't care. And I was driving home thinking about this. And I got home and I looked at my calendar. It's a 13-month calendar. So I got lucky number 13. And I looked at 13 and I just, for some reason, went one plus three is four. 13 minus four is nine. And I just started laughing out loud. Like, what an odd coincidence to notice that on nine nine ninety nine. And then I saw the number 11. I did it again. And I sat down and wrote down three-digit numbers, 10-digit numbers, 50-digit numbers. It always comes back to nine. It just freaked me out. And uh, I didn't know what to do with it. But um, I eventually discovered the purpose for the pattern. So that's why I'm on this mission. Interesting. Have you found any kind of maybe... I mean, I know that America, the school system is based on a rote learning system and that there's a lot of standardized tests. This seems like this kind of blows that out of the water when it comes to the, not the idea of rote learning, but the idea against rote learning. Would you see it that way? Absolutely, Joe. That's what scares me the most is these students, these students at six to nine years old, where they have to come up with all the addition and subtraction and multiplication and division facts in their head. By the time before they get to fifth grade and they have to, there's no other way to do it except for them to memorize it because the, the teachers aren't teaching them how to understand it as much as make sure they get the right answer. And so memorization is the easiest way for that, but it's not for the kids. There's no class in elementary school that teaches students how to memorize large sets of data. So now how are these kids supposed to memorize all this stuff when they haven't even been taught how to memorize and organize information? And so, and then you ask them to memorize math when it's logical and there's patterns. You don't need to memorize it. It just makes sense. It's natural. It's organic. And so to allow the students to experience that instead of this memorization thing that distracts them from taking those first few years and using them to detect patterns and connect with all these numbers. You've been around the world. Is there any other country that uh, I know that uh, we see Japan is very good in mathematics, a lot of East Asian countries, and, and this is not to, to put them into a, a barrel here, but you know they all seem to be very good in mathematics. Are they doing something that we're not doing? Are they doing this nine system? No, but they are doing something better. It's the environment. It's the attitude. It's the sense of urgency that students need to learn math. Just like 30, 40 years ago in America, all of a sudden, illiteracy became a bad word, and we, we had to take, make sure everybody was literate. And before that, it was no big deal if you were illiterate. You could have a functioning job and make it through it. Same now is going to go for innumeracy. In a zeros and ones based binary world of computers, the language of numbers is the most powerful universal language. It's the most precise. It's the most powerful. It's the most popular. We can't afford our students not to tune into that language, the most powerful language on the planet, which gives them order and definition instead of memorization of random facts. And so numbers are that opportunity to get kids wired at the beginning in the right way to allow them to absorb more information with more confidence. But if you kids are memorizing these math facts, by the time they get done with summer break, they got to feel like they're starting at zero again, no pun intended. That's not fair to anybody. And so, yeah, I think we need to revolutionize that dynamic. Yeah, but math is also the basis of technology, like, you know, computer programming. We all have to take that in college. I know I had to take a class of computer programming. We all have to figure out. I'm not saying we need to become coders and hackers, but that's all based on algorithms and math as it is. So, I mean, it is important, which pivots me to what's that movie, Joe? Figures with those three women. Oh, yeah. Hidden figures. And like Scott, 
you, you presented at NASA. So rolling over to hidden figures here. It, it, it is all math based. So I, I totally get the science on that. It's only because we had an astrologer on Susan Miller at Astrology Zone. And she's one of the most well-known astrologers, very educated. She's talked to NASA. She bases everything, I mean, whether you want to believe, you know, astrology or not, but it's all based on math. Everything rolls back to math. And if it wasn't for that, well, I don't know if we ever would have gotten Man on the Moon, because that was all, that whole movie was all about mathematical equations and calculations, longitude, latitude. What did you do with NASA? I mean, I know you spoke to them, but was it on the same premise of everything else? It was just a performance. I get paid to do corporate appearances around the world. Oh, uh, it was okay. a corporate gig for a large group and customers and got to do a demonstration of my Guinness World Record racing calculators for about 30 minutes and then talked about my mission and my discoveries about the number nine and also shared with them about my 13-month calendar that rhymes perfectly with the lunar cycles of the moon. So why not you know, let them know about that? That's interesting with the uh, calendar. I, I I think it's fascinating that NASA brought you in for a corporate event. But I yeah, I was trying to figure out in my mind when we we're talking about the the 13-month calendar. I mean, is there any place you sell something like this? Because I would just be fascinated to see how that works. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you even asking. And, and better yet, it's no money. It's zero. You can download it for free at my oh. website. And the funny thing is, is if you want every first to be a Monday, then Sunday has to be my zero day. And so the next time January 1st is my zero day as a Sunday is 2023. So the download you'll get is for the year 2023. And it shows how a zero-based 13-month, 28-day calendar would line up with a Gregorian calendar that you guys are used to using. Mm-hmm. And just put your bills on there, your personal appointments, your schedules, your medicine, you know, all these different things on this 1328 calendar and all these patterns that have been disguised because every month has a different number of days and ends and begins on different days of the week. When you put it up against a grid of 1328, all these patterns just explode off the page that will give us so much insight into human growth. And so that's, that's what I'm hoping for down the road. Interesting. I, what, what is the website? First of all, I got to know the website. <laughs> Humancalculator.com. Humancalculator.com. Got it. And uh, it's a free download, but check it out. I promise you, I'm writing a book about it. It'll be out uh, next fall, 2022 fall. And hopefully people will see what it's like to live a year with a calendar that makes sense to our brain and our body. Amazing. Quick question, Scott. You you spoke at, there's a mental calculation World Cup. Well, what is that? Yeah, it's an uh, annual event. That it's like the Olympics for mental sports. The fastest human calculators from around the world and math mental athletes get together for world records in speed reading, memory, and mental math. And so I got to go to the World Cup, Mental Calculation World Cup in Germany in 2008 and met all these amazing people from all over the world, different ages, a five-year-old girl from India, a seven-year-old guy who was born five miles away from me in her, near Herkimer, New York. And we never even heard of each other. And, well, and you know, he saw me on TV, I guess, but I didn't know he was a mental calculator born five miles from Herkimer in a place called Little Falls. So he ended up winning. So he broke some records. I broke records. You know, but yeah, it's been awesome. And I actually was selected as the chairman of the Olympics in 2016. It's called Memory Ad. And I hosted that in Las Vegas. We had about 200 people from around the world fly in for five days. And there were 16 world records up for grabs and we had 15 world records broken. So it was an amazing experience to be, uh, you know, the chairman of the Olympics, if you will. 
and to promote numeracy and to meet all these amazing people from around the world that have a gift for numbers and are trying, you know, just want to be celebrated. Like we celebrate athletes. Yeah. I want to celebrate mathletes. That, that's all. There you go. And oh, that's a look, good one. I like that. Yeah, I think that's perfect. But do you ever look back on your life and go, you know, if I would have went to college, I could probably be a tenured professor now at Yale? Well, it's a little worse than that. I'm a high school dropout. I got oh, kicked really? out of fifth grade class one day where I discovered my mental math abilities. Had uh, got kicked off baseball my senior year. Went in the Air Force and survived for six years, but it was just too rigid for me. And got out and started the human calculator. And you know, I've had my ups and downs. What I always was focused on getting in front of as many students as possible to enlighten them. Or when it comes to numbers and just you know deal with the human part. And as my friends know, I'm called the human calculator. And for years, it was just about me being the best calculator in the world and, you know, look at me go. And then I tried to become a better human. And that's what opened up all these other projects, the Counting Bee and the iCount Foundation and ways to help children use numbers and arithmetic to increase their self-esteem and confidence. Now, where is the Counting Bee held? Is it there in Phoenix or where is it? Thanks for asking. Yeah, we had the first one in Arizona right before COVID. And we had, so it was the Arizona Counting Bee. We just did a test run and we had hundreds of kids try out. We had the top 50 show up. You can go on YouTube and watch the finals. It was amazing energy. Just blows your mind. The students are out is, there. Is it, take us through what that is. Is it like spelling bees? We have a panel of people. You give each contestant a word to spell or a math problem based on their age group and everything and see how far they could calculate or how fast they could calculate it. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Sarah. It's age-driven first. There's age groups, nine years old and younger, 10 to 12 years old, and then 13 to 18. And then we have an open division for teachers and parents as well. And the way it works is the first round, everybody has to do the same thing. They got to count by three. Now, to make it fair, everybody gets a random starting number. So when Joe walks up on stage, he might have to start at seven and count by three, go. He's got to say 10, 13, 16, 19, 22. And he, we see how many answers he gets in 15 seconds, and that's his score. Now, you walk up on stage, and we ask you to maybe start at 11 and count by three, go. 14, 17, 20, we count your answers. Everybody gets to the level there. Then the next round is counting by four. So Joe might have to start at six, 17 and count by four. You'll get a random number, and your scores are added up as high as you can go. And we find the fastest human calculator every time. It's a very simple operation. So it's, so it's not how many answers, right? They've got to get there in a speedier amount of time. Yeah. So you can't think it through. You just got to boom, 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 ramble it yeah. off. Yeah. If you're hesitating, you're probably going to lose because the students that are showing up are amazing. And also, when I do a counting bee show at schools to promote it, uh, we'll ask for two teachers and two students to volunteer to come up. And 50% of the time, the students have beaten the teachers. Yeah. So it's just fascinating. And one school, a janitor won the counting bee. He <laughs> thought he could beat the teachers and he did. So you never know who can count and who's good with numbers. It could be anywhere, anybody. We hope a grandma that lives on a farm and has been counting chickens or something is going to win the whole thing. You know, just, we really want to open it up to show how important numbers are in everyday life, no matter what you do. Uh, is right, there Scott. a grand, wait, is there a grand, wait, sorry, Joe, is there a grand prize or like the Yeah, we're going to have cash prizes. We're going to have TV time. We're wait, 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 you're saying we will. Is there a next one coming up that we need to know about? Yeah, the oh. inaugural USA National Counting Bee is on November 9th this year, 2021. And it's going to be in Herkimer, New York, my hometown where I'm working. Hey. Oh, so, I thought it was going to be an AZ. I would have came home for that. And we're really excited to have it here in Herkimer because a bizarre twist 
is, you know, I've been doing this human calculator thing for 30 years. And I came home two summers ago for some family health issues and to help out and ran into a book that claims that our hometown of Herkimer, New York, actually was involved in the inventing and innovation of basketball in its earliest stages. And we're celebrated in the Hall of Fame in 1992 for its innovation of the rules of the game. And so my goal is to rebuild the YMCA where this happened and celebrate the men that made it happen that this whole book talks about. And what's really weird is I'm all about the number nine. I was born in Herkimer. The first basketball team that played in the first game in Herkimer, New York, was called the Herkimer Nine because it was a baseball team of guys. And so they had nine on each team. So our organization is called the Herkimer Nine Foundation. And our goal is to tell this story of Herkimer's contribution to basketball to rebuild the YMCA where that happens so that people can come and shoot baskets where the first game and the first game with a rim and a net occurred. Wow. So it wasn't a peach basket. Well, in Springfield, it was a peach basket, but the actual first basket here was a bushel basket in Herkimer. The man who came up with these rules was um, sorting cabbage for his mom for sauerkraut. And he had to toss soft ones in one basket, hard ones in the other, so she could, you know, use the right ones. And him and his buddy started doing it. And they went to the YMCA the next day and threw two baseball teams together and said, hey, here's a basket. Here's Let's use a ball. They tried a medicine ball and other things and went to a soccer ball eventually. And this book that's on our website called I Grew Up With Basketball by Frank J. Baslow describes in extreme detail the first two months of how all these rules were innovated and came up with on the spot by these 18 kids in a gym at a YMCA, mostly just teenagers. And if if the first four chapters are true in this book, then Herkimer should be celebrated for its contribution to the sport of basketball. So that's what I'm focusing my attention on now as well. Which is which is going to parlay into a question because we started chatting with you and Joe <laughs> and I had to cut you guys off because we're on a podcast. Uh, you always know, have to cut me off. Come and on. I know there's a basketball behind you. And okay, Joe, we could go for the math questions, but then we've got to talk about the basketball and the sports and the well, something well, team. One- There was one question I wanted to ask regarding the math, and it's just a a very general question. When you find out, you know, who wins these math, the counting bee and everything, do you find that they are homeschooled, schooled in charter schools or uh, public schools? Great question. And yes, yes, yes. They came from everywhere. We had some amazing homeschool students. And a homeschool student also won the math counts, which is another national math competition. Two years in a row, he won, which is very impressive. The counting bee. We brought in boys, girls, all sizes, all ages, all colors from every kind of school. It was really a surprise, as well as the teachers that participated. So, uh, And we're also going to have a sponsor, Counting Bee. So for the companies that sponsor the Counting Bee, they have to run a Counting Bee at their company and send their fastest human calculator to the national championships and be uh, you know, spotlighted for 15 seconds to see if they can be nice. the sponsor champion. Now, now, being in Arizona, I mean, are you targeting a lot of these um, middle schools or all schools on some of this stuff because i know with these math teachers it's such a great what you're talking about is amazing to get numeracy more into these you know the younger you are the smarter i mean technology kids little kids are smarter on technology and math they're just so more efficient with computers than we ever were are you promoting the how to learn math and everything you're talking about and the um, calculation bees and all this stuff to these schools so you get the teachers more engaged. Are you guys doing anything there or are you just kind of 
relying on word of mouth. Well, we will be doing a major campaign starting on 9-9, September 9th. It'll have till October 10th to qualify. We're just letting students practice all summer. And yes, I'm a best-selling author. I have all kinds of programs to help people see numbers at all different levels. You know, So uh, it's been a dream come true to have a gift and be able to use it for good and now to create a contest that hopefully live longer than me. Just like the spelling bee is getting ready to turn 100 years old. I hope the counting bee will go for at least 100 years to promote numeracy as well as the spelling bee is done for literacy. Let's hope you don't put it on ESPN after what happened during the hot dog eating contest. And that's <laughs> yeah, just... Yeah. yeah it's, wait, so you wait, saw that, Scott. Wait, you I saw didn't that? see it. Good. Tell us, tell us what happened. There were three crucial interruptions of the signal. They must, they must not pay their squirrels too well because, I mean, those signal went out when uh, Joey Chestnut was getting around 40, getting around 60. And then at the end, you're going, oh, he ate 76. That's a world record. Didn't get to see it, but there it was. It was a little bizarre. And, you know, I'm, I've been in the Guinness Book Records for over 20 years. And the way they do the classifications and the qualifications and the rules and the standards and the protocol you have to go through is extreme. And so I'm, I'm not sure if that'll end up counting. Oh, really? That is, that's interesting. Who eats that many hot dogs, though? Yeah. Joey Chestnut. He's, he's a machine. It's funny. When I went to the world championships for mental math, they always say that you're going to meet somebody that's just going to be able to kick your butt. If you think you're the best in the world, there's always somebody that's just going to come around and, and take you down. And you know, for all of us mental calculators that go to the world championships every year, there's always these young 13, 15, 16-year-old students that are practicing six to eight hours a day trying to get up to this world record speed. And so wow. I never train I never trained that much combined in my lifetime. They're doing it in one day. So it's an exciting sport and it promotes education and numeracy. And it's a dream come true to come up with a contest that is simple to put on, simple to understand, simple to measure. And it'll give us a measuring stick on a global level about where our students are at with numeracy levels and hopefully balance that playing field. Okay, now let's go ahead and make the transition now to back to Herkimer, New York. New York. Oh my God, we're going to the sports. We're mode. going okay. into sports I have here. One. Okay, I, we have two things we need to talk about before we run off time on the show because I cut us off because we're too chatty pre. That just science and math is just lastly is so interrelated because periodic tables, calculus, chemistry, engineers, it's all combined together. And I asked you this question: if you had to choose between two sciences. Upper division chemistry, math, science, everything you love, or glass blowing, which one would you choose? Glass blowing. Okay, this is why I love you because I took upper division glass blowing at the University of Arizona, which counted as two chemistry credits, Joey Pirate, and I rocked glass blowing. And it was all based on science and math because the glass and everything. So, you know what? I'm very proud that somebody's on my corner. We didn't go to you. I'm I'm 57 years old and I appreciate all the arts, you know, people that can do things with metals and woods and glass. All those things to me is priceless. I hope we start to celebrate those people as much as we celebrate all these overpaid athletes and entertainers. I mean, these folks deserve their art to be recognized. <laughs> now you're going to say overpriced. Oh. I, say, I think you say overpaid assholes. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> 
And, you know, there's a new thing called NFTs to allow artists to, oh, to yeah. money. So, you know, there's a lot of ways out there to, if you have any artistic skills, you have zero excuses why you can't get out there and give it your best shot. Okay, I'm not going to become a professional glass blower, so nobody needs to worry. I'll stick to PR. But, you know, what you've done has been so tremendous. And you, you it's right. You're in these competitions. You're against the clock and the person. It is a sport. Hence, basketball is a sport. Hence, my sportscaster co-host, and there's a basketball with an AA division right behind your left shoulder. ABA. There's yes. your segue. Now I'll let you take over, Joe. Okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about the ABA because uh, you Wait, are... What is ABA? I'm sorry. American I'm... Basketball Association. Actually, it was a league that I was in it... the 60s, I believe. Wait, 60s before, before through NBA, 70s. Before it became NBA. No, well, actually, no, actually, it competed with the NBA. Uh, you had teams like the uh, the Jersey Nets, the uh, Sixers. Uh, nice. I think Denver was part of it as well. And there were there were several teams in the ABA, and it was competing against the NBA. The ABA came up with the three point shot, yeah. which became very popular. And the ABA was getting bigger and bigger. And the NBA bought up the ABA, picked the best teams, brought them into the NBA, and dissolved the ABA basically in 1976. And it was restarted in the year 2000 by a couple of guys who went to the NBA and bought the license in the red, white, and blue ball and wanted to start the league again. And now there's about 180 teams all in smaller markets across America. And we have bought a franchise here in Herkimer, New York, where this basketball story happened. And we're going to start a team this fall at the Herkimer College. And our team is called the Herkimer Originals because... According to this book on our site, you can see Herkimer had the first game, the first rim, the first net, and the first backboard. So uh, the original sort of captures the essence of that. Alice Cooper came up with that name. He's came up with the logo and the name of the team on the golf course in two seconds. So go figure. I love hanging out with that guy. I have got to get a jersey. I have to get a jersey. <laughs> I just my day, Joe. Thank you so much. It's all merch, as you know, from space. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so uh, where are you going to be traveling the, for the ABA? You said mostly through the Northeast. Let's uh, go through some cities. So if somebody yeah. hears us, says, hey, I want to go see the Herkimer Originals. Sure. Binghamton Bulldogs is our opening game. They just have a brand new facility and they have chosen us, the Herkimer Originals, to be their first competitors in their new place, maybe because of the original story. So dream come true. That's our opening day game. And that's November 6th. We're going to be going to Jersey. We're going to Rochester, New York, Saratoga. Uh, it's amazing. There's 32, 28 teams in the Northeast alone in the five states up here. So Average trip is two to six hours, and we'll be in all of those cities, and I'll be doing media to promote the Herkimer story. And Joe, here's what's crazy is, is Herkimer, New York is literally 28 miles from Cooperstown, New York, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Really? Route 28 is 28 miles. And so for us to have this basketball story that close to the Baseball Hall of Fame, we're trying to synergize our efforts to help people get off the same three-way exit we share which is exit 30 off the New York State Thruway. And people just pull off the Thruway, exit 30, and go south 27 miles to Cooperstown. And we're right on the Thruway. So hopefully we can take advantage of that mojo as well. And I have a, a reporter friend of mine who is in, I believe it's Watertown, New York. Beautiful. Yeah, he covers Clarkson hockey, but I think maybe we should get him and you connected here because I think this would be a great story, especially over the summer. And let me ask you, uh, another friend of mine lives in Maine. Any Maine teams in this uh, league? 
Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I think there's two teams in Maine that we'll be competing against. We're literally, the schedules just started being arranged yesterday, and we're just getting all the sort sorting through dates and stuff. So it's very exciting trying to figure out home and away. It's my first time as a team owner. So uh, we're putting together a great staff and the, the other teams have really been supportive and give me all kinds of great guidance. So uh, the ABA is more about the community because the NBA is in only 30 cities. The ABA is in 180 something already. So we have a chance of really having a community impact. And it's not just about the sport, it's about community. So uh, the ABA hopefully will tell that story. And we're actually going to have the largest basketball in the world in front of the new stadium we're building here in Herkimer in place of where the first game happened. Interesting. And, and I take it early on players, no payment whatsoever. They're just out there for the love of the game. We have that right. And most players would play for free because of the exposure. They're trying to still get into higher levels of the game. But our goal is we have very excited sponsors because of the Herkimer story. And so we're really going to do our best to make these players feel welcome and make sure it doesn't cost them anything at least Mm -hmm. and uh, the chance to make money and hopefully sell some merch too. So we think this story will help elevate a lot of these guys' image and get them in front of a lot of people maybe they might not have gotten. Okay, perfect. I guess yeah, Joe's taking a vacation back to New York this summer. Yeah, I'm going to Herkimer. I, definitely, I will, I will go out of my way to go to Herkimer, to be honest with you. Hey, Joe, you're getting a shirt for free because you even brought it up. I'm going to uh-huh. run. I'm sending it to you. You'll get one of the Herkimer original shirt from the original run of the shirt. Fair enough. Oh, I mean, I don't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Thank you. I mean, I didn't even, you know, I would be willing to buy it off you, to be honest with you. I hope you buy 10 more, but we're going to give you the first one for free. I appreciate bringing it up. It's, okay. it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I've been a performer for 30 years and that's how I've made my living and survived and thought that was what I was going to do for the next 30 years. And this opportunity to combine my being a mathlete and an athlete and this basketball story is a dream come true. So uh, we're going to use this platform. Is there, a, is there a website or a place people could go? Because I mean, we've dealt with, we've had a few basketball NBA people on the show. We've worked with sports people and teams. Is there a place, a site to go to see where you guys are, where the teams are, or the rankings or anything? Yes, Herkimer9.com okay. is our website for the Herkimer Can you product. spell Herkimer just for us? Sure. I want to hear you take a guess, Sarah. I'm just curious. So I know uh, you're spelling B. H-E-R-C-H-E-M-E-R. H-E-R-K. There you go. And it's after a famous general, General Herkimer, who hosted General Washington right before the battle down the Erie Canal here. We're on the Erie Canal as well. And so General Washington actually stayed in Herkimer right before that battle. So, yeah, it's a very historic place. I think you'll have fun, Joe. And we're also the gateway to the Adirondacks, which is the largest national park in America. Beautiful. Yeah, especially during the fall, going up back there during the fall is just yeah. unbelievable. Does does ABA have like the NBA site with all the teams on the schedule? Does the ABA also have a site up and ready to go for this? Yes, it'll be on our it's on our Herkimer nine dot com okay. site. It's ABA Live Action dot com. Okay. okay, perfect. Yeah, and awesome. uh, appreciate the uh, plug on that because it's it's really fun, and uh, we're gonna have we're gonna incorporate the community. We'll have a celebrity roster spot, just so you know, on the ABA show. Oh yeah! You get one celebrity at each home game, so we're going to bring in some fun folks. How many? How long is your season for the ABA? Twenty games, ten away, ten home, and then the playoffs. Are you guys set up same as NBA franchise where you have East Coast West Coast divisions, or we have six divisions? Yep. 
So okay. uh, then we'll all meet up for the championship next fall or next summer. Playoffs end up in April. Awesome. Okay, so so we can see East Coast, West Coast, whatever division, everything's on the ABA site, which is great. That's right. Yep. Okay, I was so awesome having you on here, Scott. Wow. It was this has so been much beautiful. fun. It's such a good podcast. Good way to spend the Tuesday afternoon with you. Uh, thank you, Sarah. And Joe, just for fun, I'm also a human calendar. So at the end of my shows at schools, the kids will meet <laughs> me and they write down their name and their birthday. And I figure out what day of the week they were born on and circle it like Saturday or whatever. So if you don't mind, Joe, if you want to share your birthday. Yeah, or- I know the day, but I'll give you the date. October 24th, 1962. That was a Wednesday. Bingo. And that was actually during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. My dad was not feeling too good at that point. Yeah, I can't imagine. So yeah, I can calculate any date in history. Uh, that's just a fun thing. But uh, but, but, it's, but it's numbers. It goes, but everything's all about numbers. It's like it's an and the, the reason why we know this is because I mean, one of our clients we don't, is Astrology Zone with Susan. And so for three years of doing her PR, I have learned that when the moon is void, when things are positioned, numbers, days, time, where you're born, but everything with her is numbers. She And like she could roll off like 25 million credit cards, dates, and times, top of her head like you can. It is astounding to me how her well, brain works. Sarah, not in, you know, I'm not minimizing astrology. Yeah. But it is all based on numbers. But those signs that we're using were calculated 2,000 years ago. And there's a thing called the galactic shift. And so those signs are in a different area. Everything's shifted. And yeah. so... I don't know how they keep track of all that currently with the, you know, today's using 2000 year old astrology chart. Oh, so trust me, that's, you it's have a, when you have a mind, Joe and I had her on that podcast as well on numbers. And I'm not just this because she is our client. I mean, obviously we're biased towards any of the companies yeah, we represent sure, people. Sure. But from a PR standpoint, we've got tremendous analysts and she's done tremendous stuff, but she almost thinks similar to you. Everything's got to be based and charted off of math numbers and historical numbers in moving forward. She looks at the historical positioning of the numbers. I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's fascinating to have this conversation with you given Joe and I've had this with her and I have this almost daily with her. It is all driven by math. Well, mm-hmm. the age of Aquarius, remember when we were growing up in yeah. the age of Aquarius. So next time you talk to her, just ask her how they're offsetting for those, you know, the time change. So I would love to learn because I love to understand patterns. So please send me all information. I am going to talk to her about you and I'm going to make an introduction. It would be the longest math conversation in history well, uh, between both of you. I'd love to share my calendar with her to see what she thinks too. That would be interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. I That's perfect. Yeah. And, and for both of you, you know, the Counting Bee is a nonprofit initiative. And so if you have any connections of companies or potential sponsors, we, we would love to have an incredible title sponsor to take this to the next level instead of just ham and egging it with local sponsors and small prizes. We really want to celebrate these human calculators and mental athletes, just like we celebrate the students at the Spelling Bee. And those kids are winning, you know, twenty five dollars to $50,000 now. When they win the spelling bee, we don't have to jump up to that. But I think to get it where it's taken seriously, we we need a proper sponsor and a proper broadcast partner. So we've met with several networks and companies. Uh, we just haven't you know got married yet. So uh, any guidance there would be greatly appreciated. I think companies would benefit from. Promoting. I think this is definitely another conversation to take off podcast NASA off the air. NASA people. NASA. I think That's- oh, we do have access. A lot of NASA people. We just finished a NASA space series on the podcast but yeah. um like scott it's so amazing we're running out of time and we're going to continue chatting when we're done with this podcast one 
humancalculator.com. Yes. ScottFlansburg.com, correct? Yes. To find more on you, your speaking opportunities, and how to book you. Uh, the Human Calculator for the Calendar and all else. ABA or Hurt Rate, pronounce it again? Herkimer, Herkimer 9. Herkimer 9 for basketball. I think we've I was just in- on there. I <laughs> <laughs> think we've gone your entire world of math and sports covered right now on this podcast. Well, I appreciate you having fun. And just to freak Joe out a little bit is, you know, I'm all about the number nine, right? Yeah. There's nine things about the number nine in baseball. There's nine innings. Nine innings. Nine players on the field. Nine nine guys in the batting order. Baseball is nine inches in circumference. Mm -hmm. There's 108 stitches on a ball. 108 adds up to nine. nine. The base to base is 90 feet. Nine zero adds up to nine. 81 away games. 81 home games. Eight and one is nine. 162 total, one, six, and two is nine. nine. And the uh, supposed inventor of baseball is Doubleday, which has nine letters as well. Oh, holy cow. There you go, Joey. There is your baseball education. Bravo. Bravo. I like baseball. Wait, Joe, Joe, what's your favorite number? 14. It's always been. And it's Uh, for one player whatsoever that a lot of people don't like now. And 14 minus five is nine. Sarah, you just made my day. Please see, see. find one person in your life who always says they're bad with numbers and share what you've just learned with them. And I promise you, we can change in numeracy into where it's okay. It's oh, cool. Okay, so that conversation, as Joe knows, <laughs> is my mom. <laughs> That'd be that. But I love that your favorite number is 14, Joe. Yes. You're back, you're back tonight. What's your favorite number, Scott? Zero. I use zero as a self-help tool. I, I spend a lot of time zeroing in on what I want to get done, but I also yeah. spend a lot of time zeroing out things that don't allow me to get there. So nice. I use zero as a tool. I'm a minimalist. So zero is my hero. And uh, it's made <laughs> as easy as possible. I, I think that's a hashtag on our social on this podcast. Zero is my hero. And Thank actually you. that used to be a, a schoolhouse rock thing too. Oh, yeah, it's great. And, you know, just a simple tool just to help kids realize zero counts. And if you guys have any connections at the lottery, folks, Powerball, Mega Millions, it's yeah, not. I've got a problem with them because they're supposed to be about supporting education, but they're selling tickets that don't count zero. You can only pick the numbers from one yeah. to whatever. Yeah. They don't have zero on there. So if you guys could, can you make that happen? Get them to include zero. We will. Okay, thanks. When, they, when, when I win the billion dollar Powerball, they can no, no, add more zeros and then. Go add it to the number Q. Oh, my God. Scott, it was so awesome to have you on the podcast. Thank you, sir. It was so educational. Joey, you now have your nines in baseball. I have my hero right here. Scott Landsberg is now my hero. (laughs) We're going to take a picture wearing the same shirt together, all right? Yes, definitely. Scott, we're going to definitely going to love to have you back on this podcast again as well. Once you get your ABA season rolling, we'll definitely get you back on to follow up with all of this. But until then, thank you guys for your time. Thanks, Joey. You got it. Sarah Miller from Meet and Maven's podcast. We'll see everybody soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, Be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.